0: The Spirit is life because of righteousness. It is the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Let's pray together. God, I pray for our minds today. I pray for whatever our minds might be set on today. Are our minds set on the things of the flesh or the things of the Spirit? Are we more worried about paying our bills or eating lunch today than we are about growing in You, uh, being filled with Your Spirit, walking in Your ways, um, knowing who You truly are? And so help us to honestly look at our lives and that we would use Your Word today to, uh, to look at it like a mirror and to see, God, what You want to transform and change in us. So help us, God, speak through Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I uh, want to ask you guys today, how many of y'all have a job with benefits? All right. You got some benefits. Okay. Wow, we have a lot of people that have a job with no benefits out there. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I wanted to talk to you about some crazy company benefits uh, that are out there, and these are just a few examples. I'm sure there's a lot more. Uh, but if you work for the company of Reebok, which makes shoes and athletic uh, sporting uh, clothing and all that stuff, you get free fitness classes if you take a job with them. So uh, I guess that's a good benefit. Uh, especially for them since they're kind of an athletically driven company. Um, if you work at In-N-Out Burger, you get, a, you get a free hamburger every shift. You get fries and you can have unlimited drinks. So I thought, hey, that's a pretty good benefit, right? Uh, you get to eat a free burger every time you have a shift. Um, if you work for Netflix, you have unlimited vacation time. I don't know how they do that. But uh, but somehow you can just kind of pick as much vacation time as you want. I guess as long as you get your job done, you can uh, pick whenever you want to go on vacation. And then Google has some of the kind of craziest company benefits out there. Um, you can uh, you can on their campuses where they where you have you know where you go to work. There's uh, there's kitchens and micro kitchens and, and campus cafes, and you get free meals. So however long you're there, you get to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner or whatever. Throughout throughout the day, they'll offer free cooking classes so you can learn and, and, and be educated. They have on-site gyms at Google uh, where you can go work out for free. Uh, they have you know, really unique offices and beautiful workspaces. Uh, they offer these, uh, you can earn these points and you can get massages, you can get free massages uh, throughout the day. Uh, they have free shuttles that if you live in certain areas of the city will pick you up you know and take you home. Uh, they have great health insurance benefits and tuition reimbursement. Uh, they even work with museums and uh, events in their cities to, uh, uh, to give you a discount if you go to the museum. And so they do all these things to attract the very best uh, to come and, and work for them uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, to, and to have these great benefit packages. Um, and so today I want us to look at Romans chapter 8 and, and, uh, and as we continue to... Uh, to study the book of Romans, we talked about it 's like a mountain you 're climbing to the top and, um, and actually some some believe some scholars believe that romans eight one is the is the Mount everest of the Bible uh, that it all comes down to that that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus um, and so as we 're at this mountain peak of Romans chapter eight, uh, I want us to think about the benefits of being a follower of Jesus Christ the benefits of, of living our lives for God the benefits of of of, of becoming who God wants you to be um, and so the first benefit we're going to look at today is benefit number one if you're following along in our sermon notes and it's commendation instead of condemnation so commendation means to you know, get, a, get an attaboy, to get a good job, to uh, be rewarded instead of being condemned. Um, and so we read that again, and I pray that's a verse that you memorize uh, and, and that you have in your heart, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's gone. It's not there anymore. We're good at condemning each other, especially as Christians. And we need to remember uh, that eternally speaking, uh, there is no condemnation. Uh, we cannot declare people worthless and useless and, uh, and, and you know, just think that, that God's done with them. We don't know what God is doing. And so, it is, so there is no condemnation when we put our trust in Christ Jesus. And I thought about a parable in Matthew 25 that Jesus taught. And, um, and we're not going to read the whole parable, but you can go back and study it. Um, but it talks about these servants. So a man is going on a journey, and he calls his servants, and he entrusts his servants with the property that he owns. And he gives each of them talents, five talents, or to one he gives five talents, to another two, to another he gives one talent, each according to their ability, and then the master of the house goes away on a trip. And those servants each do something with what they're given, right? So after a long time, he comes back and he's going to settle accounts with them. And to the first one that had five talents, well, he went out and he did something with what he was given, and and he receives a commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Well, to the second one, it's almost an identical verse. Uh, He says, well done, another commendation. Uh, Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But the last servant... He didn't do anything with what he was given. He went out and buried it. And he brought it back just like he had received it. And he doesn't receive a commendation. He receives condemnation. The just condemnation of the master of the parable. He says, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. And, uh, and then He cast the worthless servant into outer darkness, Jesus said. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so we know that in these parables, Jesus is teaching us a truth in such a way that it sticks with us. That we remember that no matter what, God has given you A life. He's given you talents. He's given us um, uh, everything that we have. And, uh, and so it's not about how much we do with it, but it's about what, what do we do with it. And so if you go back to God just as you are as a sinner who has done nothing with your life except please yourself and, uh, and, and, use, you know, and, and, and abuse what God has given you, You will not receive commendation. You will receive condemnation. We will be cast out of God's presence. And what Jesus says is it will be a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so where there is weeping and you're in so much misery that you're grinding and gnashing your teeth, Jesus isn't painting a good picture of life without God. Should you decide you're smarter than the writers of Scripture, that you're smarter than the God that created you and you're going to go your own way and do nothing with the life God has given you. You will be cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth because there's no God there. There's no light there. There's no hope there. But when we put our faith in Christ and it's not about our works because both of those servants did different things, It's about who we put our faith in and we take ourselves to the Savior and say, I need salvation. I need to put my trust in You. Only You can make something out of my life. I am a wretch, is what Paul said. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Jesus Christ. And so when I take my life to Jesus and I put my trust in God's only Son, that He sent into this world to die for me, I'm going to receive commendation instead of condemnation. It will be one of the other for every person who is given life, who God breathed His life into as a human being. We will either be condemned... Because we've done nothing with this life God has given us. We refuse to repent of our own ways and turn to the ways of God. We refuse to be saved by God's only Son. If that is the case, we will receive condemnation. But if we put our trust in Jesus Christ and we humbly follow Him, it doesn't matter how much talent we feel like we have, it's that we've placed it in Him and He will do something with our lives and we will be commended. Well done, good and faithful servant. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Remember that. That's an amazing benefit. If you can stretch your mind to take that in, and to think about that day, you stand before your Creator, and you receive that commendation, that ought to to motivate us. That ought to move us to worship and serve and live our lives in sacrifice to our Savior. Benefit number two is freedom and life instead of sin and death. Freedom and life instead of sin and death. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So we are set free. We are given freedom. We are given life in Christ Jesus. Uh, And that's an amazing, wonderful benefit. Do you want to follow Christ? Do you want to know freedom, true freedom, and true life? And as I prayed about that verse and that that point, that benefit that we have in choosing Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord over all the, the glamour of the world, uh, as Brady was talking about over over the lure of the world, uh, that ought to motivate us. I want freedom. I want life. And I thought about Proverbs five one through fourteen, and uh, and in that proverb, uh, it's a it's a it's a very descriptive proverb of temptation in this world, of how how Satan can lure us away from freedom and life, and he uses pleasure and he uses. Uh, whatever else, people that sound really smart about what they believe and all this, to lure us away into sin and death. He says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp, as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the paths of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. And now, O sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. At the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed. And you say how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. So when we listen to the world, and that's a, uh, that's a proverb that's, that's more than just about a, a man slipping into sexual sin or adultery, but all of us forsaking our God Uh, leaving our, our first love, which should be God, our Creator, Jesus Christ, who died for us. When we leave Him for all the things that the world has to offer, we're leaving freedom in life for sin and death. And we need to be aware of that. We need to remember the benefit it is to be free in Christ. To be free and to live for Him. Benefit number three A new way to walk that is driven by life in Christ. A new way to walk. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So we have a new way to walk in Christ Jesus. We didn't have a real clear image of how did God want us to live in this body that He's given us. Abraham, pretty good but couldn't, couldn't really measure up. Uh, he still fell and made mistakes. Um, we go on to David or Solomon or all these other Moses, all these other Old Testament figures. They're, wor- they're, they're worthy of, of, of our honor and we should learn from them, but they, can't, they couldn't save us because they were not sinless. And we have this way that Jesus Christ lived and walked. And we should know that way by studying the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and remembering there's a new way to live on this earth. You don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to live the way your parents lived or the way your grandparents lived or, or the way your friends in school live. You can live a new walk that is driven by life in Jesus Christ. In Matthew 7, verse 13, it says, Enter by the narrow gate, For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it is few. And so the gate is narrow that leads to eternal life. The way is hard. So what are the benefits of us? to to take that way, to overcome the lies and deceit of the world, our own selfishness and self-centeredness, and to take a path that is hard because of the benefit of where that walk leads us, to eternal life uh, in Christ. And so we can have a new walk. A new way to live. We don't have to be identified. The man that, that shared with us yesterday at our men's breakfast, he talked about that. Imagine uh, being known for the worst thing you've ever done. And the worst thing you've ever done is what you are known for. Every job application you have to fill out, you have to put uh, that, you know that, that, you're, that you're a felon, that you're convicted of this or that. Uh, He said, imagine that living your life that way, but in Christ we can have a new walk. We don't have to be identified with that anymore. We can be identified in Jesus Christ and what He has done. That's an amazing benefit to take that way that is hard, that leads to life. Benefit four is we can have a new mindset. A worldview and an eternal perspective about not only living, but also dying. A mindset, a perspective that leads to a life that pleases God and brings true and lasting peace to the soul brings true and lasting peace to the soul. In verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. you hear that today? If all you think about is the flesh, it's death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It doesn't matter how much you go to church, how much you sit in a pew, how much money you give, if you are in the flesh, you cannot please God. And so a great benefit of knowing Jesus Christ is that change of mind that's what repentance is. I used to look at everything this way. And because of that's what I looked through, that's, that's how I saw everything else. It's like if you're looking at the world with dirty glasses on, it's going to change the way you see everything. Right? And so it, with a new mindset and a new worldview and an eternal perspective about living, about what happens when we die, everything changes. Jesus Christ changes how we look and how we act and how we talk. Everything changes when that mindset changes. When that perspective goes from a flesh perspective to an eternal perspective. When I have a new hope about what happens when my loved ones die in Christ. When I die in Christ. And that brings a true and lasting peace to my soul. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14, he says the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Are you resisting the things of the Spirit of God today? That's because you're in the flesh. That's because you're living a carnal life that's only about you. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, they're foolishness, they're dumb to Him. And He is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ." you can have the very mind of Jesus Christ, His Spirit moving in your mind to change the way you look at everything. Benefit 5, the Spirit of the living God dwelling in you. That's the greatest benefit of all. And not only that, but producing His fruit. God's Spirit living in you and producing His fruit. He says that in verse 9, For However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. It's God's Spirit dwelling in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. It's very vital that we think about, is God's Spirit in me? But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. What an amazing benefit. The Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. I thought about in John 11 where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And that's an awesome story to look back at and remember, here's Jesus. He comes to Nazareth. He's late to the party. He's late. And, uh, and, and Lazarus has been dead for four days. There's no hope. But Jesus tells His sister, your brother will rise again. Well, she's confused and says, oh yeah, I know, in, like, in heaven, in the last days, in the last time. And He's like... He tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in Me shall never die. And then He challenges her, do you believe this? When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in His spirit and greatly troubled. And He said, where have you laid Him? They said, they said to him, Come and see, Lord, come and see. And at the tomb, when everyone's gathered around, Jesus weeps. So the Jews said, Look how he loved Lazarus. Look how he loved this guy. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. But Martha, his sister, said, Lord, by this time there is, a, there is an odor, for he has been dead four days. Or the King James Version, he stinketh, Lord. Right? He stinketh, What? you can't do that. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. So that is the Jesus that lives within us. That is the God who raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This is the Spirit of God that lives within us. How do you know is the Spirit of God in you? Is the fruit of God growing in you? Are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? Is growing in the love of God something you're striving for? Growing in the joy, in the peace, in the patience, in the kindness, in the goodness, in the faithfulness of God, in the gentleness, in the self-control. How this world needs the self-control of God. There's no laws against this. There's no laws against what God will produce in your life. Are you growing? And throughout the Bible, people grow in the Spirit and in the gifts of the Spirit. When they're in prison, when they're being persecuted, wherever they are, when they're being stoned to death like Stephen, his face shone like an angel, the fruit of God's Spirit was in his life. You can grow in God's Spirit and in God's fruit wherever you are. However bad bad things may be at home, whatever's going on in the White House or in this country or, or wherever we are, when God's Spirit is dwelling within us, we can produce His fruit. So I want to challenge you with some questions as we're running out of time today, but are you rejecting a relationship with God because you think the world has a better benefit package? Is that what you're doing? Are you rejecting a true relationship 100% sold out relationship with the God that created you and sent His Son to die for you because you think drugs are better or you think what Hollywood has is better or what your friends at school, you think what they're doing for you is better or your people at work or your family or whoever else. Do you think the way this world is going is really better than what God has for you? Listen to what Jesus teaches in Matthew 16. He says, If anyone would come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for My sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? There is no better benefit package than what Jesus Christ has to offer us. In in chapter 17 of Matthew, verse 5, it says He was still speaking, and this is Jesus being transfigured. A bright cloud overshadowed Jesus and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. The God that created this whole world. The God that gave you life. That gave you breath that knitted you together in your mother's womb, said, this is my son. Listen to Jesus Christ. There's no better benefit package ever offered than life in Jesus Christ. Living for Jesus is the best life. It's the best life. In John 10.10, he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. No matter how great Satan makes it look, In the end, it's going to be, he's going to steal everything he ever gave you. He's going to kill you and destroy you. But Jesus came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Living for Jesus Christ is the best life. Working for Jesus is the best work with the best benefits. Listen to Colossians 3, 23-24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. There's no better work than working for Jesus Christ. Don't ever lose sight of that. Don't ever let your weary body make you think differently. Don't ever let reaction and how people respond to what you do for the Lord make you think any differently. What you do for the Lord is the best work you could ever do with the best benefits you could ever have. You just have to believe in them. You have to trust and wait for them. But we've got to never give up and never quit working for the Lord. And then dying in Jesus is the best death. You're all going to die. And if you die without Christ, that's the worst possible death you could ever die, you could ever experience, is death without Christ. But death in Christ, dying in Christ is victory. It's hope. It's that commendation, well done, my good and faithful servant, because through Him we will rise to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, we will rise to eternal life. So I want to challenge you today. Who are you living for? Who are you living for? Be honest and open about that. Who are you working for? Are you working for the Lord? Is your passion God? Is your hope to share Jesus Christ with others? To discover the gifts that God has given you so that you can be a part of what the Holy Spirit is doing to bring more love and more joy and more peace and more patience and more kindness and more gentleness and more faithfulness, more self-control into this world? Who are you working for? We're either working for the Lord or we're working for Satan. And what is going to happen when you die? You don't know that day, but we better be ready because it could be today. Do you know what will happen when you die? Have you put your trust in God's only Son, Jesus Christ? There's no better life than living for Jesus. There's no better work than working for God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And there's no better hope than knowing That if I die today, I live forever in Jesus Christ. If you don't have salvation today, if you're not growing in the fruit of the Holy Spirit today, we encourage you in this time of invitation to search your heart. God loves you, He sent His Son to die for you, but your sin separates you from God. And unless you take a drastic step to repent of that sin, to change the way you look at everything in your life by putting your trust in Jesus Christ, you are lost. And when you die, you will be cast into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we encourage you today, if you don't have a confidence that you're saved, and that if you die today, you will be with God forever in heaven, put your trust in Jesus today. Ask Him to save you. Repent of your sin and turn to Him today and come forward and let us make that known. Confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord by coming forward in this time of invitation and saying, I'm turning to Him. Let's pray together. God, we're so thankful for Your Word and this opportunity to be gathered in Your name and to allow you to move in power today to awaken us to the benefits of living for you. They far outweigh anything Google has to offer, anything the world has to offer. God, living for you is the best life. Working for you is the best work. And dying for you is the best death because it leads to eternity in your presence. And we ask that you help those here that are lost today to know that remove the deceit that Satan has placed on their lives bring the fear and respect of, of of our holy God into their heart right now and help them to repent before it's too late help them to give their life to you today move during this time of invitation in Jesus name we pray amen amen let's stay.